Hey guys, what's it like recording from the same house? The best thing is about Sam and I now living together is that we can confirm that we still talk more in the group chat than in person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Midlight Crisis, a real podcast hosted by three grown-up biologists revisiting books from our teens, and it's totally cool. You know, we started with a regular book podcast, but um, we had to put biologist in there because it comes up a lot. (laughs) You'd be surprised, or not. Uh, Anyway, let's introduce ourselves, (laughs) I guess. That's how we podcast, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, I'm Sophie. And for today's name that I have randomly generated, (laughs) I am Cassia Ship Hands. Oh, what? (laughs) Ship Hands would be like ship like hands. Like a boat, like ship hands. It seems like if it wasn't plural, it would be fine. And you would just be like, yeah, someone who works on a ship. But for some reason, making it plural, it's like you have boats for hands. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Boat hands! I have boat hands. (laughs) Cassia is like a totally normal name. Yeah, that's nice. I imagine. The the ship hands. Oh, man. (laughs) Less normal. I'm I'm an NPC in an MMO. (laughs) That's what I am. (laughs) I'm someone you'd meet in Freehold in World of Warcraft. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know you agree with me. <laughs> yep, for sure. <laughs> anyway, who are you guys? Oh, man, I don't know if I mine's as good as that. Um, but my real name is Sam, and my fantasy name of the week is Beanie Wolf Warrior. <laughs> wow. Oh. Beanie. Benny. Wow. Benny. <laughs> Benny. It's Benny. No, I like beanie. Okay, we we can make a beanie. I think I added an extra A when I shouldn't have, but... (laughs) That's fine. Uh Uh-huh. It's a random name. You can put whatever you want in there. Then beanie warrior it is. Wow. Wolf warrior is very 100% a child. 100%. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. A child. A child. You, like, like named yourself wolf warrior. Yep. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. this is my You're next D&D plucky. character. Oh, yeah. I'm going to play a child. I really <laughs> want to play a child. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway. And I am also here. My real life name <laughs> is Hannah, but my fantasy name is Niels Butler Better. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> what? Couldn't Butler quite get through better? that. <clears throat> my name is Niels Butler Better. <laughs> No. You are 100% a character in The Seven Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle. Oh, yeah? Yeah, like, that name just fits right in with the rest of those oh. character names. <laughs> Butler Better is such a good name. So good. I can only hear it in my head in the voice of our very good friend, Kevin, who has his own podcast where he sometimes does stupid voices. Oh. And he has this, like, kind of voice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it seems like it needs to be said in that voice. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah fair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Maybe we can Hi, ask Kevin. him to maybe yeah. we can ask him to record. <laughs> okay, so if we get Kevin to record this name, uh, this is what it will sound like. 
Nails butter butter. Thanks, Thanks Kevin. Kevin. Appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> Love it. So anyway, um, yeah, so we read some more chapters of the book that we only just started yes. <laughs> several weeks ago. Aragon. Do you guys want to tell us what happened? I gotta say, reading a book this way that you haven't <laughs> read before is a lot harder than reading a book this way that you've already read. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, I started reading this yesterday. I had no idea what happened before. It's fine. I figured <laughs> it out. Um, but let me summarize chapter three, Dragon Tales, for you. And just be warned, it's a bit of a lengthy one because oh, yeah. that was a lot of chapter. It was a long one. So a lot happened and there was a lot of names and a lot of things. And to be honest, I already forgot most of them again. But <laughs> the chapter starts with Aragon and his uncle trying to sell the air quote stone. And yes, I just made air quotes. So mm-hmm. um, listeners, you know that. Anyways, right. and uh-huh. the buyer uh, was refusing, which I find highly unrealistic because usually in fantasy stories, most merchants are like, pretty scummy and i feel like they would have tried to scam him and here's like this stone anyways that's beyond the point after that a blizzard hits and then we fast forward a few days and the family goes back into town which i think is that same ridiculous walk that aragon did before um anyways while in town we get two very prominent stories told the first is about the urgles and they're attacking and there's rumors of a shade so like kind of bringing us back to the prologue and i guess whatever happened there is going around town and then the second is we finally have the dragon tail which alludes to where we find out about the dragon riders some mad king called galbatrax galbatrix who lost his dragon oh what how do we say it galbatorix galbatorix there Mm -hmm. we go Uh (laughs) uh-huh And anyways, yeah, so he lost his dragon, went crazy, and then apparently this story is heresy or something in the kingdom, and then the guy who told it, who was named Brom, may or may not end up dead because he told us this story. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's, 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 that's that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was a long one. Yeah. Yeah. Well... We will talk about that shortly, but first, I want to talk about my chapter, which was yeah. almost two pages long. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Literally, <laughs> big one. not even fair. <laughs> I was reading them and I was like, <laughs> I think it flipped from last episode. It did. Last time I got the long one. But this time, fate's gift to me was that my chapter was only two pages. <laughs> So what happens in this very important chapter is that in the previous chapter, Aragon had taken his rock to, I think it was to the trader, and the trader was like, fam, this rock is hollow. And he tapped it with something and it made a bunch of noises. And Aragon was like, oh man, this rock is hollow. So he takes it home and he whacks around on it some more, listening to the noises it makes when he hits it with various things. And then the rock starts making its own noises. It starts (gasps) peeping. Oh, man. And and Aragon is like, well, that's weird. And then he just goes to bed and does not investigate further. To his chagrin, the rock keeps waking him up throughout the night because it keeps peeping and squeaking. And eventually it starts rocking around and banging against a shelf. And he's like, oh, this rock is so annoying. But I'll deal with it in the morning. And he keeps going back to bed. (laughs) 
for some reason. <laughs> He's so tired, though, you guys. That's true. He's so tired. Uh, But then in the morning, it cracks open. And okay, guys, you'll never believe this part, right? The rock. It was actually an egg. Oh, my God. And out of the egg hatches, you won't believe this. Uh It was a dragon. Holy Holy shit. I am so shocked. I cannot believe it. Isn't that the most surprising thing you've ever heard? Yes. Yeah. Well, the I rock know. was an egg all along. Oh my god. Who'd have thunk it? Mm, certainly have not thunk us. It. Honestly, if I hadn't been spoiled, I would have thought it was still <laughs> just some rock. <laughs> Do you it's think you would have clued rock. in when it started peeping? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Through that chapter, if I didn't know before then, I would have been like, oh, but like dumb me would have just been like it's still just a rock just like i'm gonna take this at face value yeah everyone says it's a rock so it's probably a rock probably it's gotta a rock. be a rock you know what i can respect that yeah hannah inspired me from last time and Uh-oh. i went on a deep dive about Ooh. eggs oh man that's oh. what i did too <laughs> Oh, good. Did we do the same deep dive? I don't know. We'll find out. Maybe. Okay, well, I guess I'll go first. <laughs> Lead us away. Yeah. With your excellent research. Wanna... Okay. <laughs> I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> no. Um, Come on. No, I'm fine. excited to hear what you have to okay. say. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting exasperated. <laughs> okay. I am extremely egg-mused egg-mused with my own egg dicks alright <laughs> no. anyway uh, so my first addendum from a previous chapter I know he, they didn't say it in this chapter but I just wanted to they said the egg was like as smooth as hardened silk or whatever mm-hmm. Yeah. when I was re-listening to the previous episode I was like I need to look up that because they say it's like hardened silk, so it couldn't have been made by nature. I just want to remind everyone that silk is a natural protein fiber made by silkworms. Yep. Extremely nature. Yep. (laughs) Lots of nature. Very nature. There's just an extremely charming fact about silkworms that I need to share. The domestic mulberry silkworm. (laughs) Okay is the one that silk comes from and they've been selectively bred and they are fully domesticated. Oh. They're totally dependent on humans for like reproduction and everything. They can't survive in the wild. They oh. don't exist anywhere in the wild this species. They're completely separate from the wild mulberry silkworm. Oh cool. And they're like completely inured to human presence and handling, so like you can just like pick up the moths. Wow. Which is useful because they can't fly anymore. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) That makes sense. So, like, the thing with moths is that, like, the males usually have to, like, fly around to follow the pheromones to find a female. And so, since they can't do that, the humans just have to, like, carry the males over to a female. (laughs) 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 They can mate. (laughs) Just adorable. Okay, They're also very pretty, but that's what I learned about the mulberry silkworm. Great. I love domestication stories when they don't involve cats and dogs. 
like yeah. species that have been domesticated by humans, like insects or pigeons. I'm just like, I love this so much. <laughs> what do you love anyway. about it? It's just, you don't think about how domestication isn't just dogs and cats. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, how does, anyway, doesn't matter. Imagine we'll get into it with dragons, probably. <laughs> Perhaps we will, yes. Yeah. A real species, the dragon. Yeah. The dragon. The dragon. The real animal. Mm-hmm. I, I, the other thing is that when the guy is, like, testing the egg, the trader, like, hits it with, like, a wooden hammer and then, like, scratches it with what I assume is a diamond because <laughs> that is, like, some real science he's doing right there. Yeah. Because the only thing that can't be scratched by diamond is something harder than diamond right like there's a whole hardness scale and you basically test things by scratching them with the harder thing (laughs) it's called the Mohs hardness scale and it goes from one to ten with ten being as hard as a diamond i also looked this up (laughs) Uh oh we went on the same deep dive we might have deep dove in the same direction yep for the first time ever wow but when he does that test, he's just like, oh, this thing is made of nothing I've ever seen before. And so I was like, well, like, that must mean the egg is not made of egg. Yeah. True. Because egg is made of, like, calcium carbonate across all birds. <laughs> Bird eggs are made of calcium carbonate and a protein framework. Reptiles have, like, leathery eggs of calcite crystals and also, like, a protein slash organic thing like if you've ever seen like a snake egg they're kind of like rubbery or floppy Mm -hmm. they're kind of soft yeah and then amphibians and fish just have like jelly eggs yeah so this is more like a bird egg than a non-avian reptile egg because it's hard (laughs) no oh okay okay I have some other options. Okay. Oh. So good news. There are other things that can make an egg hard. And oh. I know you guys are going to love this. Oh, no. <laughs> if you say parasites, Sophie, I swear to God. <laughs> because nematode eggs. Oh, I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> nematode eggs have chitin on the outside. <laughs> ah, that would do it. I I didn't get a chance to look into it because there's it turns out a lot of them, but uh, insects also have like pot, potentially chitinous eggs. Haven't looked into it fully. We'll come, we'll come back to that. Okay. <laughs> but until we know more about the dragon, we can't possibly yes. know from whence it came. Whence? But it could be a nematode, is what I'm saying. The dragon is a nematode. The dragon's a nematode. You, you somehow managed to like make me not want to like this dragon. I'm just saying it could be a nematode. <laughs> you know, Sophie. Uh huh. I enjoy you as a friend. Sometimes mm-hmm. I really hate the way you think. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it always thorough. parasites? <laughs> just like every time with you. <laughs> the parasites. Sophie, I need you to read Ice Planet Barbarian. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like, I really oh, no. need you to read it. I'm excited. Okay. okay. That's all I'm... That's the, I'm not going to mention it again this episode. Mm. But, like, we keep bringing up parasites. 
And so yeah. I'm going to keep bringing it up until you read it. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> Fantastic. Hannah, did you go on any different <laughs> tangents? Yeah. So great. I kind of took that in a different direction. I was like, hmm, what is an egg made of? It's made of calcium carbonate. And then I looked into a little bit how birds hatch from eggs. And it varies a little bit. It tends to be like fairly stereotyped. But one of the major differences and like how what determines how a chick will hatch from a bird egg is where on the scale of like tough and flexible. So like more like the lizard turtle eggs to hard and brittle, like an ostrich egg, the shell is. And it's like, okay, this egg is clearly very hard and very brittle because you can't scratch it with a diamond and it cracks it doesn't like tear so a very hard brittle shell very thick like cool this is more like a bird egg from that i was like okay they're made of calcium carbonate so what what else is made of calcium carbonate coral coral other shells things that have shells those shells are made of calcium carbonate so like Mollusks, uh, cuddle bones, sea urchins. Pearls are made of calcium carbonate. Are they actually? They are. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Pearls yeah. It's like layered calcium carbonate, right? Yeah. It's a huh. very fine crystalline structure of calcium carbonate laid down in concentric layers around a central nucleus. A central nucleus like a grain of sand or perhaps an embryo, maybe. Ooh. Oh. Mm-hmm. But pearl or mother of pearl is only created, at least in our world, by mollusks. So like shellfish. <laughs> Nothing with bones. Uh, so I was like, okay, let's move on. Something else that's made of calcium carbonate. Limestone is made of calcium carbonate, which means that marble is also made of calcium carbonate. And I was like, hmm, this egg was described as having a marble-like no. texture. <laughs> yep. No. Uh, and uh-huh. And marble is basically formed when you take limestone, which is primarily calcium carbonate from shells. Um, so usually like limestone is the leftovers of like an uplifted sea after that's been compacted and it's not important. Limestone is made of old shells. Marble is made of limestone that has been subjected to heat and pressure. And we don't really have enough information yet, but dragons are very strong. And they also breathe fire. So, like, maybe they have... (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) They have an egg that forms within the mother, and then (laughs) she squeezes it real hard. And and turns it into marble. Uh Uh-huh. And I thought that sounded great, because marble (laughs) is also very porous for a rock. The only mm-hmm. issue is that it's a three on the most scale. Oh. With like one being the softest, ten being the hardest. So it's very soft, which, you know, is why it's used for like statues and stuff. It's really easy to carve. But basically what I'm getting to with this is that dragon eggs are made of some kind of weird organic pseudo marble. Hell yeah. That has metamorphosed from a bird egg shell within the mother dragon. Yeah, I'm sure we'll figure it out once we definitely get the reproductive situation of dragons in these yeah. books, right? Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I feel like that's not until one of the later books. Damn. Damn it. 
but I'm that's sure fine. we can talk about it. We also yeah. talked about the reproductive situation of vampires, and that's not till the later books either. <laughs> that's true. Mm-hmm. I do have to take exception to one thing you said. Okay, yes, please do. <laughs> you did just straight up assume these dragons have bones, and we cannot prove that yet. That's a good point. <laughs> Damn. Nobody, we, who, we can't tell. It's true. Who, I am assuming. possibly tell? I'm assuming that a dragon is a vertebrate based on the fact that they're typically portrayed as being like reptilian. And as far as I'm aware, most reptiles have bones unless something goes wrong. <laughs> All right. What if you but... a dragon, but like an octopus? <laughs> well, dragons can fly. Are there flying? Oh yeah. Insects exist. Yep. Hmm. Yep. <laughs> okay. See. <laughs> is a dragon a moth? This is my problem. <laughs> Is everything a moth? Is this podcast just secretly about moths? Oh no. Oh, no. Is this podcast secretly everything's a moth? Are we going to make everything a moth? I hate moths! <laughs> Not well, anymore. <laughs> Not I have an irrational Every- fear of moths. <laughs> everything you like is actually a moth. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> it's either a moth or a parasite, which is worse. I hate this! <laughs> it could hate be it a parasitic moth. Uh, I hate them the most! (laughs) Worst of both worlds. Worst of both worlds. The we uh, the problem we I'll we'll yell about it when the dragon is described, but you can't you can't have a dragon with six limbs when nothing (laughs) in the world has six limbs. (laughs) We're, We're going into that already. Yeah, we're already getting no, there. They didn't even cool. describe the dragon yet, Sophie. Yeah, I was like, we're already going into that. All right. You said, I'm assuming it's a vertebrate and a reptile. And I'm like, it can't be a vertebrate or a reptile. Maybe <laughs> it's just its own clade of reptiles that have <sighs> spontaneously developed. Wait, what would they be called? You have tetrapods? so Heptapods? Heptapods. Uh, Hepta's I'm glad you guys know words because I was going to go way off on that. Sexapod. <laughs> yep, Sexapod. That's, where, that's where Sam went. <laughs> that's it. No. It's probably that too. <laughs> no, but one Yikes. other thing I was thinking after you said the thing you said about eggs. Mm-hmm. It's like a crystalline structure or something. Yeah, pearls are crystalline. Yeah, so like one thing that is like pretty specifically mentioned several times when they hit the egg with metal it rings very clearly like it makes a ringing sound Mm -hmm. and it made me think of you know how there are those like crystal wine glasses that are made to ring like a bell yeah (laughs) for like weddings or whatever and it's supposed to think it's just any crystal does that yeah but i think there's like ones that specifically are like a tradition to use at weddings because they ring okay like bells or something anyway uh, that could be made up (laughs) but those glasses are made with like lead in them oh so i'm wondering if there's like calcite or calcium carbonate crystals mixed with a metal or some material from this world that is harder than diamond Uh uh-huh like a weird like a magic (laughs) semi-organic alloy (laughs) yeah and Damn. the crystal is what makes it ring? Yeah. I guess. I did. There's it. something there. <laughs> yeah, I there's like something it. in there. Uh-huh. Yeah. We'll 
figure it out more later. <laughs> yeah, we'll workshop it. Yeah, it definitely won't be when we have to do the recap episode and I'm listening to all 24 episodes <laughs> again, being like, oh, why the no. f*** didn't we decide this early on? A no. Ruining our lives in the future. Yeah. So one thing I did notice in this egg hatching chapter that is very biologically accurate is, uh, well, can be very biologically accurate, I suppose I should say, is that the baby dragon starts peeping from inside its egg in the hours before it hatches, which is actually a thing that birds specifically do. Some birds do it for longer than others, especially birds like penguins and uh, guillemots that live in like huge colonies. The baby will start peeping for up to a day or two before it hatches so that like the parents can memorize the sound of its call. But even with like songbirds that are notoriously quick hatchers and I guess hatch at a much like less developed stage than some other birds, they will also peep to the mother or I suppose to whichever parent is brooding before they hatch. And part of it is to like establish that bond. Part of it is <laughs> a sign to say, make sure I'm facing the right way so I don't hatch upside down. <laughs> it was like, that's so cute. That's so cute. <laughs> But yeah, it's in a lot of species, it's like a bonding thing. So they can establish a bond with a caretaker before they even come out of their egg. And as the resident uh, <laughs> fan family fan on this podcast, yep. I am a big fan of this tiny baby dragon calling out to Aragon before it even leaves the egg, being like, here I am, I'm coming to see you. <laughs> it's very cute. I don't know if you're aware, but it's super, very cute. <laughs> super adorable. Also leads me to believe that there could be dragon cuckoos because oh this my is God. also a method <laughs> of ferreting out cuckoo eggs, which are brood parasites. Uh-huh. Basically, the female will like lay an egg in another bird's nest and be like, bye, your problem now. <laughs> which is how you end up with like a chickadee feeding like a baby that's eight times its size. <laughs> No, nope, so not cute. <laughs> I posit that this could also <laughs> imply that there are dragons. Dragons parasites. are okay. I was like, are the dragons the brood parasites or Ooh. <laughs> a are... dragon in like a chicken nest? Why did we bring it back to parasites. It's brood parasitism. Brood it's parasites are different. less creepy. <laughs> but it's... <laughs> it's sad. Yeah, they do. They do kick out all the other eggs. Yeah, it is like other parasitism and that it leads to the eventual death of the host, but... Yeah. Uh, Not the parents. <laughs> don't they sometimes, like, exhaust themselves to death trying to keep up with the demands of their gigantic babies? <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. I, I saw a cuckoo baby being fed in real life by a black cat chickadee one time oh no it was so i could not stop watching i was so <laughs> utterly charmed by this giant baby getting fed by this tiny chickadee oh my god I was like, oh, this <laughs> this parent is just like i just want my giant son to do well <laughs> it is weirdly cute it is kind of cute it's kind of cute I mean, if One. dragons are the kind of things that will... I, I know I'm inferring a little bit based on what I remember from this series, but, like, a dragon will just give an egg to a person and then Dang. the baby dragon will, like, uh, attach itself to a person. Like, it does almost sound 
like brood parasites. Like parasite. <laughs> <laughs> oh my yeah. god. <laughs> no. Oh my god, I wonder if you know how cats they only evolve to meow because yeah. it sound, like it triggers the same brain parts that baby noises make for humans and mm-hmm. so it makes you think they're extra adorable what if that's what the dragon peeping is also <laughs> oh my god yeah oh my god wait cats do that are you serious yeah like a cat meow like it doesn't mean anything to other cats it's literally just to converse with humans what yeah <laughs> i'm clearly yep. a dog person but what yeah. Yeah. i've heard that cats have like very distinct meows that like their people can interpret can you speak on this sophie as someone with a cat i haven't seen my cat in like three months oh i don't remember oh no (laughs) she'll be here soon yeah i'll reconvene in two weeks (laughs) oh man which does lead to the question sophie is your cat a brood parasite (laughs) maybe i mean i did raise her from a baby so yeah (laughs) Hmm. This is an interesting perspective (laughs) through which to view the world. (laughs) It's almost like she wasn't supposed to be a brood parasite, but you made her into one. (laughs) I made her into one. Wow. Uh, One more interesting bird egg fact. Egg fact. About the peeping. There are some species of songbirds where they can only, you can identify a bird based on the, like, song they do. Mm -hmm. So... Right, like they always do the same repeated song, or if they don't do the same repeated song, they have like patterns, or the lack of pattern can help you ID the bird, mm-hmm. or they steal other people's songs and then go, Meow. yeah, and then they're a cat bird. <laughs> I like cat birds. <laughs> cat birds are the best. Um, but the window in which they can learn those songs as babies is like extremely small. Oh, and so if they, if you like raise them without the parents singing to them during that time, they can never learn the song. Oh, uh, And therefore, never get a mate. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. But, but some birds, I think it's like the fairy wren, it's like some tiny bird that like has a pretty short lifespan. They can only learn the song while they're in the egg. And so like the parent sings what? the song while they're still in the egg and like that peeping back and forth phase is when uh-huh. they imprint the song in their brain. Oh my god. Wow. And then they know it. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. I've learned yeah. so much tonight. That's really interesting. A lot of bird facts today. It's yeah. interesting how, I guess, at least superficially similar that, similar that is to people. Because we have like the phase where it's exponentially easier to acquire like a second language. Yeah. If if you learn a second language before puberty, it uses the language part of your brain. And if you mm-hmm. learn it when you're an adult, it uses an entirely different part of your brain. Yeah. Which is absolutely wow. crazy to me. Yeah. But there's also a thing with people or with humans where if you don't acquire language within like the first couple years of your life, it is equally as difficult to like learn any language as an adult mm-hmm. as it is for someone to like learn a second language as an adult. Dang. And as humans, we tend to, like, think of ourselves as being, like, so much more complex than other animals. <laughs> but, but no. like, I guess birds have the same thing. If you don't learn to speak at the right time, you're just <laughs> So do, like, does that mean the dragons, then, do they have dragon language? <laughs> they must. So does, does that mean they inherently know it if they're born and are only interacting with humans? Oh, yeah. So... Can I 
spoil a little bit of what Isn't I remember. Like, is it telepathy? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So the dragons can speak to humans and other dragons through like telepathy, which uh, I'm sure we'll have a lot to say about. Sure. But they're similar to the fairy wrens and that they learn language in the egg. I think. Or am I getting it confused with Temeraire? Because they do that in Temeraire too. Oh no. If only you hadn't read so many dragon books. I know, right? I'm pretty sure these <laughs> dragons, similar to the Temeraire run- ones, are aware of what's happening around them while they are in their egg. So they do like hear speech and they are able to like pick up on different languages and stuff. Fun. But now I'm doubting my memory and confusing myself with other dragon books in my head. <laughs> well, good news. <laughs> we'll mm-hmm. learn it soon enough. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. pretty psyched to keep reading and learn more about this dragon. Yeah. I want to talk about how Aragon is like super relatable at the beginning of the first chapter we read. <laughs> okay, yes. Because he wakes up, gets out of bed, and immediately looks at his collection of cool rocks and <laughs> sticks and <laughs> interesting leaves that he's just put on a bunch of shelves. Uh-huh. I literally read that and thought of you. Yeah. <laughs> and then I thought of our shelf of misfit ocean bones. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. I mean, it's both of us. Yep. <laughs> Sam and I just, we were like, oh, we'll cover this shelf in all of our, like, sea urchin and interesting shells. And then we were, like, ran out of space after we each unpacked, like, one box. Oh, my God. (laughs) There's also a lobster molt there. Yeah. I liked, or I found Aragon relatable and the fact that he wakes up and looks at his cool stuff and then spends some time, like, angsting about how unworthy he is. I I also, yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you, like, wake up, you look at your cool stuff, and then you think, like, man, my mom left me, and my dad doesn't care that I exist. (laughs) I'm just not worthy of love. And I'm like, man, sucks to be a teenager. Yeah. (laughs) I still have two parents, and I'm like, man, I also am not worthy when I wake up first thing in the morning. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I disagree. I like that he just thinks that first thing in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Good morning. My mother abandoned me. Anyway. <laughs> it's very like early writer thing. I remember one of the first like longer form stories I tried to write. I ended up getting frustrated because I couldn't figure out how to structure like a chapter without it starting with someone waking up and ending with them going to bed. And <laughs> that's what's happened in this book. Like Aragon has woken yeah. up like four times in four chapters. <laughs> Yeah, true. <laughs> it was like, I remember <laughs> <For sure>. this. <laughs> oh, I didn't even notice. Yeah, the like looking at his things and thinking about yeah. his relevant life history. It's like, ah, oh, wow. Wow. Thank you for telling us yep. <laughs> your whole story. I mean, I forget a lot of things about books that I've read, but I had Same. forgotten that like, yeah. What's her name? Selena just Selena shows Aragon's up, mom. Oh, pregnant, yeah. has the baby, and is immediately like, "Okay, bye." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> have fun. It's just like, "Okay, here's my baby. His name is Aragon. I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go. Peace." I have an article open here called <laughs> 10 Ways to Ruin Your Postpartum Recovery." <laughs> oh my god! Ooh. 
And no, let me just, sorry. The first one on the list is immediately get up and start walking. Uh-huh. And Selena just leaves. Well, doesn't so she like wait like a couple of weeks? I no, I think, think that's so. what it said. I'm pretty sure it said the next day she pieces out. Yeah, oh I'm God. pretty sure she like pops him out and is like, "See ya." Oh yeah. yeah. She named him Aragon and then departed early the next morning and never returned. <laughs> yeah, but it says everyone was shocked when she tearfully begged Garo and Marion, who are Aragon's aunt and uncle, to raise him. And then her pleas had grown increasingly desperate until they finally agreed, and then she left. Yeah, but I'm pretty like she would have named him like the day of. That's probably true. She was probably like pleading to them while she was pregnant. While she was pregnant, yeah. yeah. She was there for five months before Aragon was born, so that's yeah. a lot of time to plea. Yeah, plead. exactly. <laughs> yeah, and it says she arrived like alone. I mean, alone and pregnant. She wore expensive <laughs> clothes and her hair was bound by a net of pearls. I think I assumed that she would be on a horse because of these fancy yeah. details. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> anyway, yeah, don't walk back to the city the day after your baby's born. <laughs> no. Oh, God. Also, don't, don't ride a horse. Uh, also, don't ride a horse. Oh, God. Yeah, I clenched up a little bit thinking about that yep. one. That poor anyway. woman. Yeah, she's having a rough time. She's having a rough Does time. she come back into it at all, or is that a spoiler? Hmm. Like, does his dad, does he have, like, a mis- is his dad somehow important in this? And, like, that's why Probably. she abandoned him? No. You've said it once before. <laughs> He's got all the markings of a chosen one. We've got the chosen one trope. I'm sure his dad is just some guy. Just I'll just say I remember guy. who his dad is, but I did not remember who his mother was. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, good. Of course, because men. Great. Yeah, because men. Yeah. No, his dad is just some guy. We don't find out who it is. It does yeah. not matter. Cool. Not That's matter. what I thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So glad I was right. Yeah. Wow, Sam, you're... I almost said telekinetic. That's... <laughs> <laughs> just throwing stuff across the room with your brain. <laughs> you, know, you know, you're so telekinetic, you can see the future. <laughs> You said telekinetic when you just I meant said- to say, Sam, you're right. <laughs> yeah. I was I- thinking telepathic, which is also incorrect. I was thinking <laughs> so uh, I'm clairvoyant. clairvoyant. Yeah. Yeah. You know how clairvoyance and telekinesis are the same thing? Are the same thing. They're the same thing? Yeah. No, no difference Easily between confused. those two things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're so similar. Well, okay. <laughs> the thing from this chapter that I thought was the most fun was... The introduction of the storyteller Brahm, who has, quote, a knotted white beard and a long black cape, because he's Gandalf, apparently. Yeah. But he's the one who tells the story about the dragon riders and Galbatorix's rise to the empire of Alagasia, which is the continent they live on. So it, it is said in this story, if we haven't mentioned it yet, that Galbatorix came to power like centuries ago. And is still in command of the Empire. Which has implications for later on in the story. Of course it does. Oh, dang. Really? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But the the thing that made me laugh about the story, because Brahm is telling the story about how, like, Galbatorix came up in, like, the legendary order of dragon riders. And the dragon riders were this, like, very powerful, aloof, almost extra governmental group of people from all cultures who had this like really cool power where they bonded with dragons and they were very strong magicians. And Galbatorix was like one of the strongest and most talented among them. 
and then he got he grew very arrogant because of his power and like went off on this adventure that he wasn't ready for got his dragon killed and then like went crazy and destroyed the entire culture of the dragon riders and took control over the empire and i was like ah darth vader (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) exactly the story of anakin skywalker and the jedi order <laughs> like just straight up, he just <laughs> took the whole thing and was like, "This is a really good origin story for a villain. I'm going to use it, but instead of the Force, it is dragons and magic." So, if you want to know the background of Elagasia, it's the Galactic Empire. Wow, mm-hmm. that's so useful. But yeah, important things that come up in this story. We meet Brom. We are introduced to Morzan, who is Galbatorx's right-hand man. We learn about the dragon hatchling that Galbatorx stole and the 13 Forsworn, who are Galbatorx's close lieutenants, basically. And none of that is important right now, but it will all be important later. It's so convenient that there were 13 of them. I know, right? Wow. (laughs) How poetic is that? Yeah. Sam, you were accidentally on mute. What kind of things do you have to say about my Star Wars story? Oh, I loved it. I just, <laughs> I, I didn't think of it. So I was kind of embarrassed because as I was reading it, all I kept thinking was like, oh, he's trying to make this like Sauron. So I didn't even like oh. think about Star Wars, but I liked yours better. Yours is good. Yeah. Oh, I don't, I don't know Sauron. Sau- Sau- I hate that mm-hmm. name. I, know. I don't know Sauron's origin story. Neither do I. <laughs> okay. No, but I'm not, I don't think it's, actually, I, it might be the whole good to bad thing. Because yeah. wasn't he like an elf that like got power hungry? I literally know nothing. Yeah, I think that was it, but I might be really wrong. I feel like, again, this is getting a bit forward in the story. The Sauron part will probably come in later. In that I'm pretty sure Galbatorix is like basically not human anymore. He's, he has just kind of transcended into like yeah. an evil being who lives in a tower, I think. That's what I was like wondering. I'm like, is that where this is going? But like Darth Vader was kind of also like, like he was still human because yeah. like there was no magic in Star Wars. But like. Yes, but he's he, more machine <laughs> than man now. He was more machine than man, yeah. Sauron's origin story is far too long, but I do think he went from, like, (laughs) a good elf to a bad elf. That should just be the tagline for that whole, like, Tolkienverse. The Lord of the Rings, colon, far too long. Far too long. Yeah. We were talking a little bit earlier about, like, early writer falling into the morning and night at the beginning and end of a chapter. So I decided to do a thing that I do as a writer, and I decided to look up what all the names mean. Oh, yes, I do that too. Okay. Oh, okay. Because I was like, every name that I put in a book is like specifically chosen. Yes. I mean, some of them are kind of just like, this one sounds good, but most of them are picked. And so I was like, chances are each of these names might mean something. Oh, absolutely. And even if they don't, whatever. So Garrow, the uncle, means brawny or rough. Sure. Okay. Accurate from what we've seen so far. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Marion, the aunt, I guess, who's dead. Yes. Is the precious one. Oh, God. <laughs> Rorin, his cousin, means the Red King. 
Oh, does he have red hair? I don't remember. I don't remember. I don't remember either. But maybe. I think that might be relevant. Uh-huh. Uh, One of the later. dragon books is red, so I feel like that might come up. Yeah. No, well, no, that's somebody else. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Yeah, that might be relevant to book four, but I don't remember. <laughs> okay, great. Selena, the mom, it just means moon. Selene. Selena. Right. Is moon. What does Aragon mean? <laughs> uh, well, Aragon is one letter different from dragon. <laughs> Love that. Wow. Also, also uh-huh. though, it is from era gone. Whoa. The, the era that the is The era gone. is now gone. Oh, whoa. The yeah, era from... of the dragon riders is gone. Yeah. It's wow. a reference to the previous era, you guys. I kind of hate that. Wow. Yeah, anyway. Um... <laughs> I kind of don't like that. Yeah. Brahm. Uh-huh. Means Raven. Okay. Cool. And Galbatorix. It's the long black cape. <laughs> yeah. Galbatorix, Galbatorix. Is, like means something? Yep. Oh. <laughs> Galba means big. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Torix means king. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so he's big king. Okay. <laughs> God damn. He's a big king. Yeah, so hopefully, if you forget his name in the future, you can just call him Big King. Big King. <laughs> Big King. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> did you look up Morzan? Uh, I did. That's a made-up name. Okay. But... I'm on names.com, which is like, oh, name origin fiction. Okay, never mind. <laughs> 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 now I want to, like, Google all of the, like, place names, too. What does Carvajal mean? I think a lot of them, I didn't look up the place names because I feel like a lot of them were made from his made up language. Yeah. Mm. Or like just made to sound good. Like I'm sure allegation doesn't mean anything. No. It probably means something in allegation. I forget what the language is called. I didn't look up Murloc, but Murloc uh, in World of Warcraft is a little fish man. Okay. <laughs> so I'm that. assuming that's what it means here. <laughs> I don't even remember what Murloc is. Oh, was that was the traitor? The, he was the traitor. Yeah. Oh, the the traitor who basically showed up to be like, "Hmm, look at the stone." My favorite exchange in this chapter. Do you know what this is worth? Aragon says no, and Murloc says, "Unfortunately, neither do I." <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, bud. Is he also the one who uh, does all of the exposition where he talks about the unrest in the land? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You gotta have an unrest in the land. Gotta have an exposition. Yep. I like how it was kind of like, so they say that weird shit happens in the spine all the time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like Aragorn finds a magic rock that gets teleported there and he's like, yep, regular day in the spine. Uh Uh-huh. But then when he's talking to Murloc the traitor, the traitor is like surprised <laughs> that this magic thing happened in the spine. And then he's like, oh, there's all this unrest around the thing. It must be coming here since weird stuff is happening here too. <laughs> yep. <Like>, no. <laughs> weird stuff happens in the spine all the time. <laughs> yep. I guess the central conceit to that is like Carvajal is so isolated that they haven't been affected to this point by the unrest in the land yeah which is like weird things happening and like urgle showing up and attacking a bunch of people and the varden who are clearly some kind of rebel group that hates the empire 
And that's basically all we know about them at this point. But between the Varden, who are anti-Empire, and the Urgles, who maybe are pro-Empire, a bunch of shit is going down in Allegasia. Dang. Just not in Carvajal yet, except for this egg rock. Yeah, it's too bad that Aragon's just gonna, like, stay at home and continue farming and we'll never hear about what's happening mm-hmm. in the world, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Too bad that he's definitely gonna stay here. Yeah, wouldn't that be such, like, a good... Wouldn't that be hilarious? <laughs> it's like, do you remember that comic? I think it was, like, years ago on Tumblr. It was about, like, an anime girl who was clearly the main character but trying not to. And yeah. she was, like, dyeing her hair brown but her roots were pink and, like, weird things were always happening to her and, like, hot boys were always running into her and, like, spilling their <laughs> papers all over her and she was just, like, aggressively refusing to be the main character. Yeah. Like, I kind of want to read that book. <laughs> I want to read Aragon, but, like, Aragon stays at home, and then, like, you hear a story near the end of the book about, like, and then one of the dragon riders took back the land, and it's like, oh, good for them. <laughs> uh-huh. His dragon <laughs> is just, keep... like, a chill pack animal who, like, lives on the farm yeah. and helps them plow. <laughs> Helping them plow. It'd be like when... <laughs> quote unquote explorers go and quote unquote discover something by going to a place and being like oh my god we thought this animal was extinct like look at this thing we've discovered here and the like indigenous people who live in the area are just like oh yeah that's the dragon that lives up on the farm yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's been we all know about this yeah Yeah. this wasn't a big deal (laughs) yeah And some white guy from the capital shows up and is like, Egad's a dragon. They should, they should all be extinct. <laughs> You're just trying to push your theory that every fantasy creature should just be a farmer. <laughs> I oh. Listen, it's a good theory. Hannah's all about the farmers. Sophie's all about the parasites. And the Sam vampires. is all about the love story. Yeah! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So me and Sophie have like very specific agendas, and Sam's just like, I don't care if they farm as long as they kiss. I'm the, I'm the biologist with like the two things that is like now kiss one now kiss, kiss. yes <laughs> farmers and parasites can kiss each other yeah <laughs> ooh yeah you know what would be perfect oh no what so if you have your dragon and you're a farmer uh huh. Right, and you're like, I'm a farmer for my dragon. And you're like, this dragon just needs a lot of meat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we gotta make sure to use the whole am- animal. The whole animal? <laughs> you should... The whole animal. <laughs> you should probably team up with the neighbor farmers who only need the blood. Oh, yeah. Oh! Because so, uh... <laughs> we're gonna make the Twilight-Aragon crossover That nobody wanted. That nobody wanted. The thing that literally, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be a big hit. Maybe. Oh, yeah. It's going to get three whole downloads for sure. (laughs) Yeah. People People will actively skip over that one. Uh, (laughs) People are going to be lining up to not listen to it. Uh (laughs) Well, anyway, uh, anyone else have any important things to say? Nah. Nah. I guess it might be worth pointing out, Sam briefly alluded to it in her summary, Mm -hmm. that Brum, the storyteller telling the dragon tale, 
is basically committing treason, uh, yeah, according yeah. to Aragon's uncle Garo. Garo's like, I've only ever heard this story twice in my life. Like, you're absolutely not allowed to know how Galbatorix came to power, which is pretty typical authoritarianism, I would say. But yeah, it's lucky for the plot uh, that Brom happened to decide to tell the story. Brom's gonna die, isn't he? Well. Well, who could possibly say? Hmm, well, it's a mystery. No one could know. Brom's gonna die. Also, like, how long has Galvatorix been in charge? It's been a couple centuries, I think, or maybe just one. Let me check the source text. Mm-hmm. Because, like, Garrow says that he's heard that story twice already. <laughs> so, like, if, like, you'd think... <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Like, so, maybe Brahm has committed treason a bunch of times. A couple times. Just to put, just because I'm in that sentence right now, I cannot believe that they, he put in this book, like, Calvatorix kicked Frail <laughs> in the book. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then <laughs> chopped off his head. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which is so funny. That's how he wins the fight to become oh. emperor of all the lands. That's why he doesn't want anyone to know the story. <laughs> yep. The rest of it is fine, but like telling people you kicked someone in the d- so that otherwise you would have lost. <laughs> so rude. Okay. After a very long and very uninteresting interlude that I cut out in editing, they've determined Galbatorix is 134. So it was Century that he reigned, not Centuries. My bad. Yep. <laughs> so Brahm has committed treason a bunch of times. At least three Confirmed. times. Confirmed. Cool. What a guy. The one, the one, the one last thing I want to say. Uh-huh. Okay, wait, two last things. The uh-huh. first is the sentence where they're at the market and Aragon is like looking at what everyone's doing. And it just says, women were buying cloth while nearby their husbands examined oh a God. new latch, hook, or tool. I hate <laughs> yeah. it. I enjoyed that I quite so a lot. The patriarchy is alive and well in Aragon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, in olden times, patriarchy. Mm-hmm. The old patriarchy. Imagine you can write a fantasy book. You can just put whatever you want in it. <laughs> you could just Yeah, but he was a 15-year-old it. boy. He probably wanted patriarchy. He probably had no idea what he was doing, and this is the only thing he knew about. Probably. I also just love the concept of, like, the husbands just examining a new latch, a (laughs) A hook, or a tool. (laughs) Just (laughs) one single hook. (laughs) Like, I'm just imagining Christopher Paolini, like, 15, writing this book, being like, what the f*** do people buy? (laughs) Yeah. For, like, houses and stuff. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What do people need? (laughs) I had that kind of experience that uh, perhaps Christopher Paolini would have written about in Aragon, where I met up with another one of my female co-workers at a Canadian Tire to buy a part that I needed for my ROV, which we learned while we were there is called a quick link. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I didn't know that and she didn't know that either. So we were like walking through the hardware aisles and I'm like, it's like a D-ring, but it's like not a D-ring and it's like not quite a shackle. But it's like kind of like a shackle. <laughs> you just had to wander around until I found it and was like, that! <laughs> that! 
I feel like that happens every time I go into a Canadian tire or oh my God. hardware. I'm just like, I don't know where anything is. So I'm going to be here for two hours. Yeah. Well, it's like, I know what I need, but I don't know what it's called. So I just yep. have to look for it <laughs> until I see it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, just, it's a quick yeah. link in case anyone was wondering. Now I know. <laughs> this is not important to anything. Uh, while we're talking, just real quick about lines that we liked. Can I tell you my favorite line from these two chapters? Sure. Yeah. It was from the second chapter where Aragon is woken up in the middle of the night by his squeaking rock. <laughs> and I think it's the second time he gets woken up and he's really annoyed that this rock won't shut the hell up. <laughs> so he glares angrily at it because that is how you cow loud rocks into submission. And quote, it ignored his furious glare and sat solidly, occasionally peeping. <laughs> just... <laughs> The imagery of Aragon sitting in the dark, glowering at this rock, (laughs) and it just occasionally peeping and doing nothing else in response is just, like, so funny to me. (laughs) (laughs) The other line that I enjoyed Uh was just... Garrow and Rorin were already there eating chicken. <laughs> I don't know why. Right? I don't yeah. know why it tickled me, but it's just like Aragorn <laughs> wakes up, thinks about how much his mom abandoned him, <laughs> goes down to breakfast, and Garrow and Rorin were already there eating chicken. <laughs> like, what? Gotta get your chicken. For some reason, yeah, the fact that they were eating chicken for breakfast like also struck me, and yeah. I had to think about it for a minute. <laughs> like, because if you have chickens, you have eggs. <laughs> like, yeah, like there's nothing wrong with chicken for breakfast, ugh. but it was just like a for some reason it totally caught me off guard. I mean, like I'm sure there were no like. It's probably just because in my head I'm like normally you'd say like they're eating porridge or they're eating like yeah, yeah eggs. That's like you don't. There's no law that says you have to eat what we define as breakfast foods for right? breakfast. And yet, <laughs> and yet, it was funny to me. It was funny. Okay. Yeah. So since we're done talking about that, what do we think is going to happen next? Let me just. The next chapter is called Awakening, and then the one after that is called Tea for Two. Oh my god. Do you think Aragon's going to wake up in the next chapter? <laughs> like he, he always does awaken. at the beginning of the chapter. <laughs> yeah. Wait, isn't the awakening the dragon coming? Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably, yeah. And she, she's going to unfurl her wings and the little baby dragon will go... Rawr. Aww. It's going to be cute. Her. Yeah. It's going to be so cute. It's going to be adorable. I'm so excited to meet the baby dragon. I think yeah. Aragon's going to probably freak the f*** out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Aragon has been pretty unflappable so far. I mean, he's he might pretty, not. Like, blah. Yeah, he's, like, very he's blase a very blase about life-changing events. He's really Besides, not. Because <laughs> he's just, like, so tropey that I'm like, I literally give zero f***s about you, where's the dragon? He's definitely, like, an author insert, right? Like, yeah. similar to what we said about Bella at the beginning of Twilight, it's like, you're not supposed to connect to this as a character. This is just, like, a vessel for you to imagine being in the situation. Or at yeah, least that's how sure. it feels so far. That's true, he, yeah. He might... He might not be so unflappable when he sees the wings. No, once she flaps, huh? Uh, yeah. Huh? Once the dragon yeah. flaps, huh? Mm-hmm. Or do you think he's going to see the wings and be like, Egads, how was this hexapod here? That's probably what he's going to think. <laughs> yep. He's going to be Hold like, on. I am flapped. Extremely flapped. <laughs> I'm very flapped by this six-limbed vertebrate. 
<laughs> Hexapon. <laughs> and I mean, T for two is probably. Does he go talk to Brom? Ooh, the storyteller. T for two. Maybe. I Maybe. know who he's going to talk to, so I'm not going to say anything. I I think Sophie's guess is good. Because, like, he heard a story about a dragon, and then now he has a dragon. Yeah, yeah it seems like so a logical next step. The only person Probably who go talk to the person. has talked about a dragon before is Brom, so... Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's going to hang out with a baby dragon and talk to yeah. a dragon storyteller. Dragons. Yeah. Sorry, I was I got distracted thinking about how much I wish I I like books where like the dragon and the kid are friends and they like grow up together. But I was just thinking about how much I want like a la Mandalorian, just like an old man. Yes. Like, oh my god, with the dragon, forty-five years baby. old who ends up with a baby dragon. Aww. With a baby <laughs> dragon. It, it would be like Aragorn from Lord of the Rings with baby dragon. <laughs> Aragorn from yeah. Lord of the Rings has a dragon? Wouldn't that be fun? I wish. No, but he could. But he could. <laughs> oh, and that, okay. And that could be very a la Mandalorian. Yes. Yeah. Do, 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 anyway, do. that charmed me, which is why I got distracted. Uh, anyway, <laughs> charmed me too. now that we've guessed, <laughs> how about let's talk about what else we're reading. I yeah. have to open Goodreads to remember what I'm reading. <laughs> <laughs> I started blackfish city like a really long time ago and then just dropped off of it because it was not grabbing my attention but i'm back on it now and like the next chapter i read got me (laughs) oh so now i'm gonna finish it so i'm in the middle of reading that and then i also started the audiobook for bones of the past which is the second drew hayes book following Forging Hephaestus, which was so good. It's like the first superhero book I've ever read. Like, I didn't get into comics. I guess I watch Marvel movies, but like this, I I didn't expect to like this series, and I like it a lot, and I'm very excited. I have not picked up a book in a week, because I have, I just drove across the country, so... I listened to audiobooks and I started listening to the seven or seven and a half, depending if you're in the US, Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle, because that's how the narrator Evelyn? says it. That's how the narrator not, says it. I know. That can't be correct. I know. I know. Anyways, moral of the whole thing is the audiobook put me to sleep while I was driving. Um, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. So, uh, stop that. Bought a physical copy of it, but haven't actually picked it up yet. But, anyways, don't recommend the audiobook for that because, one, the narrator ca- says Evelyn instead of Evelyn, and it's infuriating. <laughs> and, two, he has a lovely voice, but, my God, don't listen to it while you're driving. <laughs> And then, yeah, besides that, I am reading Oathbringer, which is the third book in the Stormlight Archives by Brandon Sanderson. And it's fantastic. Uh Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's 55 hours. Oh, my God. (laughs) You're, like, so close to being done the series, though, right? It's only three books? No, there's four out. And the fifth one is, like, the final installment of the first half. And then... Oh, God. Oh, my God. Yeah, Yeah, so the way he's doing the Stormlight Archives is it's ten books total, but they're split into two unique parts. So, like, the first part 
is five books and it at the end of book five it'll be like a conclusion so if you don't want to keep reading like you have an ending (laughs) but then the next five are supposed to be like in the same world and everything and then like I guess the continuation but like you don't necessarily need to read them to find out the ending of the first half if that makes sense oh my god okay yeah. That's so my yeah, I don't know. Right now, I'm I want to just catch up because I want to go read all of the wikis and everything, oh, and yeah. I can't without getting spoiled. So I'm trying to like get through to Rhythm of War, and then I don't know when he's planning on releasing the fifth one. So dang, yeah, dang. Yeah. I mean, his books are like eighty million pages. I mean, yeah. so it'll probably only take him a year because he's a machine. He is a machine. <laughs> the that man pumps out books like no other. It's insane wild yeah well i'm not reading anything nearly that long <laughs> i'm listening to a non-fiction audiobook called endurance shackleton's incredible voyage and it is the story of ernest shackleton and his crew who got shipwrecked in the antarctic Ooh. because apparently my thing now is that i listen to shipwreck audiobooks <laughs> it's really good so far things have started going terribly wrong but you know I guess that's what you can expect from a shipwreck audiobook. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am also reading The 10,000 Doors of January by Alex <gasps> E. Harrow, which is our September Midlight Book Club read. And it's good so far. I'm not very far, but it's giving me sort of Invisible Life of Addie LaRue vibes. <gasps> yeah. It's oh, got no. that same kind of like... Uh, fairy tale isn't quite the right word. But that almost like dreamy storytelling and it sounds like somebody who's going to be going on like displaced adventures. Maybe. Oh my god. We'll see how I feel once I'm a little further and I'm only a couple chapters in so far. But enjoying that so far. Good pick, Sophie. But then when I'm done that, because this episode is coming out at the end of September, (laughs) I get to read my Midlight Book Club pick for October which is one of my favorite books of all time. It is Watership Down by Richard Adams. And I just got a like special illustrated edition today. It just arrived in the mail today and I'm so excited to read it. <laughs> so when this episode comes out, I will be days away from starting that book. Yay! Oh, man. And I am super excited to make Sam and Sophie read it too. And they have <laughs> to like it because it's the rules. <laughs> yeah. I already have the audio book. <laughs> The rules are you're allowed to say whatever you want about every other month, but on the birthday months, you have to like the books the other person chooses. Wait, is that why you guys liked Fable, even though I hated it? Yep. <laughs> it was so good. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. It subjectively was not, but that's fine. <laughs> it was It was okay. Yeah. It was okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, like I enjoyed it, but it's not a work of art by any means. Yeah, the cover. I remember though. nothing about it. The cover, the cover is a work is of art. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. I have it on my shelf because it's very pretty. Anyway, um, cool. if you liked this chapter of Midlight Crisis, consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. You can talk to us and find fun related content on social media. We are at Midlight Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And all chapters of the show thus far are available on our website, midlightpod.podbean.com, and on YouTube. And thanks to Kevin McAvoy of Radioactive Spider Pod for his fantastic voice work. 
You can also find him on social media at Radioactive Spiderpod. Yep. I hope that was a worthwhile use of your time, Kevin. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> and much like us, when people asked us why we were still reading Twilight... Selena, when leaving Aragon behind, only wept and said, I must. Neil's butter better. Neil's butter better. Neil's butter better. Neil's butter better. My name is Neil's butter better, and I insist on a diet solely of jelly deals. But so better. many of them. Neil's butter better. Butter better. Better butter. Butter.